Hello, I'm Dave. I'm the guy that's putting all this stuff together. I'm doing this show called What About the Men? Mansplaining Masculinity, which looks at how patriarchy hurts men and how men hurt people through patriarchy. The show draws on my personal experiences, many of which have been touched on in Getting Better Acquainted conversations in the past, but there is some stuff that I've never touched on on the show, so you can get even better acquainted with me about some of the more complicated areas of my life. From the 8th to the 30th of August, at 12.05 at the Cabaret Voltaire Mini Cine Room, every day apart from Mondays as part of the PBH Free Fringe. As I said, the show draws on my personal experience and on lots of thinking and reading that I've done over the last five years, but it also draws on a survey of a thousand men that I conducted online. I've gathered all of their responses together in an open source resource which is available online, which you can find at www.mansplainingmasculinity.co.uk. And on that website, there's also more information about the show. There's a show blog. There's guest blogs from people. And you are welcome to use that data, to analyze that data, to expand on that data, and to comment on that data. I need to get better. Please make me better. I want to get better. Better. Better acquainted with you. Getting better acquainted with uh, me going to Edinburgh, really, and the Edinburgh season that's going to be coming up uh, over the next few weeks, and uh, the stand-up tragedy season. If you listen to Getting Better Acquainted sister podcast, it's not just going to be my voice. There's going to be another voice as well. Hello. That's uh, that's <laughs> Jen. Hello, Jen. Hello. Uh, she's my partner. If you you may have heard her before on the show in the past. Um, so she knows a little bit about what it's like, me prepping to go to Edinburgh. Uh, and I should also say, I'm not going to edit this conversation because I haven't got the time. So uh, what you hear is what you get. This is, this is how Which it went. Which is how it is in Edinburgh. So yeah, right. Well, you are, it's authentic. That's right. The next three weeks of uh, episodes are all going to be live episodes where I won't have edited. So I guess I should start practising and I guess that's what I'm doing now. Right. So yeah, it's been quite intense the last few days. Well, last few weeks. What would you say about it? Do you want to move a little bit closer to the mic? Oh, okay. Um, yeah, probably a few weeks. I don't know. It's been. I think it probably has been building for a while. Definitely, the last few days have been rather intense. But it's been building up for a while, isn't it? Yeah. I mean, the the thing is, this year I've got a lot of different things that I'm doing because I'm not just sorting out a show. We like. Stand Up Tragedy is a variety show that I do and that's going to be happening every day so I've been getting acts for that but I'm also doing my first ever solo show, right? Yeah, that's the one that's the, that's the one that's felt like it's been building I think Stand Up Tragedy the last couple of days has felt um, quite intense because there's been a lot of kind of finalising of other acts but I think the your solo show that's over the last few weeks that one's been yeah, I mean, my big problem with the solo show is having time to learn the solo show. I've written the solo show, I've worked on the solo show, I've done it in front of audiences, uh, a couple anyway, not as many as I might have liked. But I haven't had time to learn the, the script, so hopefully I'm going to learn it between now and when it happens on Saturday. 
uh, for reference, this is uh, the Sunday before. It'll go out on the Wednesday, but this is the Sunday we're recording it on. You can, you can learn it in a week. Yeah, I mean, hopefully I will, and people should come and find out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, come along and see if Dave's managed to learn his script. Yeah, I mean, there's, there's more to it, hopefully, to appeal than that. Although I'm in a weird position with my show at the moment of, like, because it's a serious show and it's a storytelling show and it's very, very much about me and it's a personal show and it's finished I'm sort of like second guessing it and questioning it now and thinking why aren't I doing something spoken wordy or musical or why aren't I doing something with like more I guess I'm worried I'm not entertaining the audience enough I'm just challenging them and upsetting them (laughs) well that's why you've got three projects you can entertain them with one of the others right right exactly and hopefully there is something entertaining about it certainly preview audience uh, number one did feel that quite a lot so people should come definitely I think it is I think entertaining is sort of a misleading... It's not the wrong word, because it is entertaining in terms of what literally entertaining means, but it's misleading because when you're talking about... When we talk about being entertained, we sort of mean amused somehow, don't we? And it's not exact. It's not, it's not a funny show. No. It's a very serious show, and it requires the audience to uh, do some emotional work. Right. Um, but that doesn't mean it's not engaging and it's not entertaining in the sense that it's a good thing to spend your time absorbing right yeah I'm good for you like like uh, like spinach is good for you that's a good example spinach is, spinach is nice. tasty yeah. right 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 yeah, yeah. I was avoiding saying like something that I didn't like okay. the taste yeah, of yeah, yeah, so yeah I mean and that so that's been going on and then the rest of it's been prep for stand-up tragedy in Edinburgh which has got really amazing lineups this year I'm really pleased with them like there's really like every one of them is really exciting to me and uh, there's a lot of diversity in terms of uh, well, all of the meanings of the word of diversity, I think, uh, you can get at Stand Up Tragedy this year, including a lot less me, like less me hosting, like other guest hosts coming in and hosting. So that's all exciting. Yeah. I mean, it's basically I am sort of running a mini festival within a mini festival within a festival. Yeah, the Russian dollar festivals. Right, that's what the press release said. Cha-ching. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, yeah, the last couple of days has been really intense, though, because it's been admin days, and you've helped me out with this. You've been drafted into the team at the last minute. Yeah, there's been a lot of uh, searching for press stuff from other performers and looking for photos and making mistakes and getting the wrong photo and all sorts of things. Right, so what I found out when I started running a night is that, like, it's really hard to get performers to send you bios and photos so the first few years of doing it I spent a lot of time hassling people trying to get them to send stuff and then eventually grabbing stuff off the internet and at a certain point I decided to just tell people that I would grab their photos and their blurbs off the internet unless they sent me uh, something else Um, and that's that's the way that the procedure is now um, which means that when you've got so many performers during Edinburgh there's a lot of people to grab the information of and is it the right information and if you're not me and Jen isn't me clearly <laughs> no. she, she doesn't even know what the people look no, like I she got doesn't... completely the wrong person for one person there was a hilarious Lee Nelson mistake where the spoken word artist Lee Nelson who I've booked for Stand Up Tragedy who's amazing was uh, instead the comedian Lee Nelson who he frequently gets mistaken for when he's on lineups which frustrates him so it was kind of it was kind of an awkward moment but luckily I hadn't tagged him yet <laughs> we also did some tagging of people who were the wrong people though so it was all all, all fun and games until someone loses uh, their reputation 
but hopefully nobody did. No, <laughs> nobody did. And it's one of those things where it all feels so important and yet it doesn't really matter and nobody's going to be silly about it like if, if you get it if you make a mistake no one's going to tell you off but in that moment you feel like you've done the worst possible thing yeah and it's, it's because you notice soon, so soon after as well it's like when you drop you know when you drop a piece of crockery and you sort of see it in slow motion and you go to catch it but you don't get there in time right like when you press send yeah. and then you see <laughs> that you've misspelled the word patriarchy in a press release to a load of uh, feminist publications for example <laughs> That's my that's my worst admin gaffe today. Because the thing is, I'm not really suited for admin, but I'm obsessive, and so that's why I'm quite a good producer. That's why I get things done. But it doesn't mean I'm I'm not precise with these things. I'm quite like I think a lot about them, and then I make really silly, obvious mistakes. Yeah. Well, you don't make you think a lot about them, so you don't make the really the mistakes that might have been likely to happen. Like what am I trying to say? You make silly mistakes because you don't make the mistakes about the things that you've thought about. Right, I make careless mistakes whilst I'm being really thoughtful. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's a good way of thinking about it. And and it's and it's and it's I mean part of it's the time pressures and stuff as well. Like so the reason the admin's been really intense the last couple of days is I haven't had time to do it until now. And then we and then you make mistakes because you're working so lo- for long really really long hours. Yeah, well we didn't have dinner until half past 10 last night. No, no we didn't. We were still and we were still working yeah. the whole way through. So thank you for that, Jen. You've helped me out. Let's hope that that promotion actually means something because that's the other thankless part of doing this kind of admin. You send the emails, but you don't know if they'll materialise into people. It's it's so hard to get people in. There's there's so many different factors, like word of mouth is the most the best thing you can get. But how do you get word of mouth? You can't really plan for it. It just yeah, happens. It just and so listeners, you can try, you can help me make that happen by spreading the word of mouth about the sorts of stuff we're talking about. And another way to help other people have good word of mouth is to, to, to tell people about their stuff. So that's what I'm going to do. I'm doing a bit of recommendations. I should say before I do that this isn't the whole amount of people I'd recommend. There's so many talented people. It's just, it's ridiculous. Like a comedian who I, who I know and I book called Jos Norris, did like 133 recommendations and that would be Why my real ones well I did, it was a joke for based on something else that he did and, I, and i'm not even sure that's the actual it number it was sneeze <coughs> for the world because it's not being edited <laughs> <laughs> yeah so um yeah like i would recommend loads and loads more than this there's so many really great people and i feel like I feel bad that I'm not recommending all of them, but there's only so much people want to listen to me recommending stuff and Jen sneezing. She she might sneeze again. again. Listeners, to be warned. Yeah. So, recommendations. I decided to limit it to recommendations that I'm recommending because of my solo show. So my solo show is What About the Men? Mansplaining Masculinity, which is at 12.05 every day apart from Mondays during the festival at the Cabaret Voltaire. There was nearly a punctuation there with a sneeze. <laughs> the sneezes are sort of like threatening to arrive. It's kind of, it's 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 like you know. There is another one, but it, it's just not. Yeah, it's 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 kind of like Russian roulette, but with sneezing. Like yeah. you're going to sneeze at some point, but yeah. you keep having these false ones. False so, yeah, that's my show. It's on at that de- venue, and it's about masculinity. It's about patriarchy and it's a personal solo show storytelling type thing so this first list of recommendations are 
shows that are in the same sort of wheelhouse as that. So we've got... Uh, oh, that's the wrong part of my phone. Good data. It's always good to do to have like big gaps in things you're not editing. Uh, <laughs> right, so I want to recommend uh, Matilda Gregory's How to Be Fat. You saw that. I saw that. That's probably the only one I have seen out of this list of recommendations, and I definitely agree with this recommendation. It was great, wasn't it? Was it was really good, really good. Like, Matilda previewed when I previewed my show. The shows go really well together, but it's also very different from mine, so it's much funnier. It's comedy. It's comedy it's theatre. Comedy, but again, it's very emotional. It does require, again, emotional work. It's not an easy show. It's, it, while it is funny, it's not easy. Right, and it's kind of got some of the same elements as, as what I'm doing in terms of... She sort of like has some scientific approaches and some analytical approaches and stuff like that, but yeah. also a lot of personal, emotional, her own personal experience, right? Yeah. It's a very personal show and funny and important. Like, for pe- it's for people who have any kind of body, but it's particularly relevant if you have a fat body, I think. If you want to go and feel solidarity and understanding and have the, your own life kind of talked about, um, well, I think it's as important for uh, everybody, actually. Right. Because it's, about, it's, it's more about our attitude to it as a society, or it's as much about it. Yeah, I think basically it has that sort of dual purpose. Yeah. If you're not fat, then you get a lot of new understanding from it. In yeah. fact, somebody on Twitter afterwards said uh, that they had started off going, so what, she's fat, and at the end they were they had changed their understanding of what that means how that is experienced in culture and I think that's 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 why it's a little bit like my show in that my show is it's for men it's directed to men to speak to men um so other people who have who are men but if you're a woman or any other gender there's still stuff to 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 get learn about male experience or to learn from my personal experience hopefully I mean, you're a woman. Well, yeah, I mean, I think I, I think it would be difficult to create a show that, that the other gender couldn't get something out of. Right, right. It's very hard to... Well, well I think that's the thing. Whatever... Yeah, if you speak to an audience, that's not the only audience you're speaking to. No. And if you're trying to talk about being something, whatever that is, then, yeah. Yeah. It speaks to other people who are not that thing and they can work out what it's like to be that thing or not they won't understand no one ever understands you don't even understand you know your own experience I don't yeah I don't understand my own experience I don't understand what it is to be a man that's what the bloody show's about and I think Matilda's show in some ways is about uh, trying to work out what it means to be in her body inhabiting her body that's on at the that's on at 6.55 at the zoo south side from the 7th to the 31st of August and uh, that's a paid show, so you should buy tickets for that in advance uh, if you want to see it. It's really, really great. Yeah, definitely worth buying the tickets now. Right, next up is Cameron Moore Phone Whore, um, which is a one-act play with frequent interruptions. That's a really great show. It's She has worked for a lot of years as a, a phone sex operator, and uh, it's about that. Um, and it's a theatre show. It's got it's it's funny at times, but it's really really serious as well. It's definitely something to approach with some caution in that it goes into very dark and complicated areas. But I think in a really important and powerful way. And it's got plenty of. And she's a, what she is is she's a responsible performer, so she'll keep you safe within that 
that lack of safety, I think, as much as is possible, because you can't be safe. You can only be safer. But her show is about that, but it's also about men, really, because it's men who ring her. And so she, she gives her experience of, of what it's like, the mundane reality, if you like, of, of being a, a phone sex operator, um, mixed in with the actual calls and the content of those calls. And I think they say a lot about what it is to be a man and masculinity. I loved it. I saw it last year and I loved it. Now, you haven't seen it. I haven't seen it, but I have seen Cameron Moore and I have seen her doing stories from it, I think. Or certainly around, certainly it, around yeah. the subject and have really... Well, I don't remember anything on the whole and I do remember that, so that's probably a really good sign. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah, she's really... I'd, I'd recommend her as someone to see regardless of the fact that I haven't seen the show. Right. And she is excellent. And she's been on the show Getting Better Acquainted and she's been on uh, Stand Up Tragedy as well so you can listen to what she's done before to see if you'll like it but also you can listen to her talking about phone whore in that previous conversation the next one is another person who's been on getting better acquainted and he talked about his show on that so listen back to that one jack rook his show good grief oh hang on did i say when 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 phone whore was on i didn't uh phone whore is on at 705 at the sweet grass market from the 6th to the 30th of august and that's a paid show so you need to get those tickets in advance well worth getting next Jack Rook, Good Grief. Now, you've seen Jack Rook as well. Yeah, um, again, I think... I don't think he was doing anything related to the show, actually. I just have seen him doing stuff. And again, we recommend him. There was a little bit about it, because his show is about... uh, Well, on the same day as his dad's funeral, the town that Jack Rook lived in was voted the happiest place to live in Britain. He was 15, in the middle of his GCSEs, and after ruling out becoming an X-Factor sub-story, Jack decided to use his grief to get whatever he wanted out of people and life. So that's the setup. That was, just, that was a bit of copy I was reading there. He talks about that in his GBA, doesn't he? So yeah. I have heard right things about that. and in in that way that's where that's where it kind of connects i mean he is a man and it's about his experience so it connects with my show in that way and he does a lot of work to do with men actually he, he does a lot of stuff for calm um which is about um male uh mental health and so that is that is um another thing that that ties over with my show because my show's got a big bit about mental health but it's also about looking back at when he was a kid and re-evaluating his experiences and re-analysing them as an adult and mine's about that too Um, his is much funnier though Uh, he is really funny actually and really warm it's a really warm show like other it's a warm show about bereavement. The other, the other two shows that I've recommended so far, they're great and they are warm in their own ways, but they're but they're dark as well. They're they're they're, they're dangerous. I don't think Jack's show is as dangerous. It's 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 warm and beautiful and just uh, just true, really true and hard topics at times. You you do have to sort of like it is challenging and maybe it's more challenging if you've been through serious bereavement because I'm not I'm not sure I have, so I don't know if I can fully relate. So no. yeah, that is on at the Delhi Belly at the Underbelly, four o'clock from the sixth to the thirtieth of August. Um, and again, I think that's a paid show, so you'll need to get that in advance. The last show in this bit is um, a free show. It's on the Free Fringe, the same as my show, and the same as Stand Up Tragedy, the same as the live Getting Better, uh, Getting Better Acquainted that are going to happen over the next few weeks. Um, so you, with the Free Fringe, you turn up. And you see the show. And if you like it, pay some money at the end and pay what you think it's worth. Um, and that's sort of like, it's a beautiful connection between audience and, uh, and, and an artist without any middle people to get in the way. I like it. Mm. Um, 
so that show is Hannah. I never know how to say that. That his, his Hutzpah. I don't. Hutzpah. Hutzpah. I think it's Hutzpah. Hannah Hutzpah doing her show, asking nicely, and that's kind of a one-woman. It's a one-woman poetry show about the power dynamics of permission and politeness with rhymes and reasons. It says a, a, a lyrical feminist pep talk with pop psychology and audience participation. Uh, an audience participation swearing so it's kind of like mine but funnier and inverse and about what it's like being a woman more and it's kind of a feminist show about asking for permission and why women are sort of taught to ask rather than to sort of state what they want they are taught to ask and to, to apologize and that sort of thing so it's about that like really what patriarchy does to women from her perspective i mean not from she's not speaking for all women just like i'm not speaking for all men but i think it's a, a good companion piece i saw it last year um so it might be different this year but i really really liked it and it made me it reminded me a lot about my bullying experience i had some sort of complicated bullying related feelings after seeing it so uh if you like bullying Come to see that and uh, come to see my show too because there's lots of bullying in that. Right. When's that happening? Oh, you, you, see, that's why it's good to have too, right? <laughs> 6.45 at the Pilgrim from the 8th to the 29th of August as part of PBH Free Fringe. So those are shows that I've seen that I can recommend. Next up, I'm going to do some ones I haven't seen, <laughs> uh, which is always a risky business, but I... I really rate the performers who are doing it and people have recommended them and uh, they sound like they're perfect fits for, for, for what I'm doing with What About The Men. So we've got, hang on a moment, I'm just going to have a swig, swig of orange juice. Fill, fill the air while I do that. No, I can't now because you've just told me to do that so now I don't know what to say. Well, that was in some way filling the air. I mean, I wouldn't normally have to fill the air in a conversation but since I'm not editing, I do. Yeah, so first up, we've got Howl of the Banty. Now that is, um, AJ McKenna's doing that. And the blurb for that is, after a lifetime of being told to laugh off misogyny and rape jokes, AJ McKenna has had enough of banter. Now in her PBH Free Fringe debut, she's ready to howl back. And I think that's a real, like that really crosses over with what my show's about, because my show's about questioning whether men, you know, it, it doesn't let men off the hook, my show, yeah, no. even though it does also ask for some sympathy with men. Yeah. And uh, that's, I don't necessarily get into, because I haven't got the time in an hour to get into banter culture and misogyny and stuff like that in as much detail as it deserves. Um, and AJ's going to be focusing completely on that. And uh, she's got a unique perspective on it, I, should, I, I believe. And uh, I think that that is a show definitely worth seeing. That is on the free fringe as well. It's at the Stafford Centre at 615 from the 16th to the 22nd of August. So it's only there for a, for a few days. So make sure you catch it while you're there. Um, the next one is Paula Varjak. She's been on Getting Better Acquainted in the past. Her show is How I Became Myself, brackets, by Becoming Someone Else. And it's a show about how she got her name, Paula Varjak. Because it's not her original name, it's not her real name. And in her Getting Better Acquainted conversation, she talks loads about that show and about the process of, of changing your name and what that can mean and how that works through, you know, for her as an artist and a person. And uh, so because it's about identity and working out who you are, I think it sort of crosses over with my show. Yeah, also, my show is about how I got a name, but I didn't give my, that name to myself. That name was given to me by the kids at school. 
And so that's a, I have a very different relationship with names, I think, than Paula, because I claimed my name back rather than found yes, a new name, yes. you know. Although when I claimed it back, it was Dave, never David. Oh, that's interesting. That's when I changed to Dave, I think. That's really interesting. Mm. So that is on at 12.30 at the Cowgate at 12.30 at the Cowgate Head up to from the 8th to the 30th of August, also as part of the PBH Free Fringe. And then the last one of those recommendations is Cameron Moore's other show, Slut Revolution, with the R in brackets. She talks about that in her Getting Better Acquainted show too. But um, it's a show about... Um, it's a memoir and manifesto come together in this incendiary exploration of sex, relationships and salad crispers. So it's kind of about her experience of becoming a, a sexual being, a kinky being and all of the things that she is and being proud of her sexuality and being challenged by her sexuality, no doubt, because it's a Cameron Moore show. So it's going to have nuance and lots of complicated feelings and thoughts. So I really recommend that one. What's a salad crisper? I don't know. I guess go and see the show <laughs> and find out where Salad Crisper is. She's American, so it's probably a, a, an American reference point. Right. Um, and it, there's probably a reason for that that being there, um, more than just, you know, to challenge us with an Americanism. Yeah, it's, sure, but it's probably sure. like a specific reference to her personal experience. I'm imagining what, what she might have done with Salad Crispers, and uh, it makes me really want to see the show. <laughs> um, yeah, um, and then there's, yeah, so that is those 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 ones are like my show i'm going to recommend a few other ones as well which are um they're not really exactly like my show but they cover sex education and there's a big part of my show about sex education and how we don't learn about it properly and how I wasn't taught it properly so I thought that it'd be a really good idea to recommend some shows and I'm going to write a blog about this later in the week but uh, this is even before the blog is written you listeners are getting it hot off the press although the blog will probably come out before this episode so not yeah, that it's hot. certainly not hot off the press <laughs> so anyway uh, so these are some some shows that are sort of sex educational so it seems like a good place to follow on from Cameron Moore because that show sounds like it's going to be sex educational so we've got Rosie Wilby The Science of Sex um, BBC Radio 4 regularly rev- regular revamps award winning investigation into the science of attraction which she was invited to perform in New York in 2013 incorporating some new ideas and highlights from her more recent piece is uh, her more recent show Is Monogamy Dead so that's a show about open relationships, I think, about um, and opening and, and sex in general and uh, looking at that sort of stuff. So um, that seems like it's a good educational thing for people who are interested in sex and sexuality. Uh, it's also relevant to our interests, I guess. That sounds interesting. That's yeah, fun. which you can listen back to our I conversation. I don't know how I'm going to manage to see all these shows in three days. Well, I'm not, am I? No, when you come up, you, you'll have to choose Yeah, choose, to choose wisely. Yeah. Rosie Wilby you've seen, though, haven't you? Yes, I have. What do you think of um, her? Yeah, I really like her. I, I haven't seen any of those shows, so, again, um, I can't... I can't, can't vouch for the shows, show. But I can certainly recommend Rosie Wilby. Yeah. Oh, did I say when that was? No, oh, I don't think you did. and I've got another thing. That's at five o'clock at Sneaky Feet's uh, from the 8th to the 5th of August, also as part of the PBH Free Fringe. Next up, Grindy Lee Kennedy Loves You Too, T-W-O. Um, in one week, Bridie fell in love 
twice. Both of them stuck. A show about lust, alternative sexual lifestyles, the awfulness of terms like alternative sexual lifestyles, the alternative... I'm glad I'm not editing this one. The awfulness of terms like alternative sexual lifestyles and ill-timed nosebleeds. Is there any other kind? So that's that show. Again, it's about sort of open relationships, um, non-monogamy, that sort of thing, uh, which is relevant to our interests to a certain extent. And again, listen back to our conversation about that for more information when we're not talking outside our back garden uh, Mm -hmm. where our neighbours might hear. Um, but yeah, um, Bridie's an amazing storyteller. I really loved her last show, um, Bridie Lee Kennedy, Repeats on You, and I'm really excited to see this show. She's a, a, a real, like, she's just got a real presence on yeah, stage as a storyteller. She does. She's a very, I want to use the word solid, which is misleading, because I don't mean that she's solid, and I don't even mean that her voice is solid exactly. It's just, there's just something very solid about her presence. She, yeah, she's, she's a solid pair of hands. You know yeah. she's taking you interesting places, and she'll she'll take you there in a good way. Yeah. You sort of relax into her story and go, right, I'm in good hands. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I relate to her show a lot, I imagine, but I haven't seen it yet. Um, but you should go and see it and you can listen back to Bridie Lee Kennedy she's been on the podcast as part of Gods of Comedy so listen to the live episode from Edinburgh a couple of years ago and you can hear Bridie Lee Kennedy in that um, you can see her show at 4.15 at Just the Tonic at the Caves uh, every day uh, from the 6th to the 31st of August uh, it's in a different location than it was ab- than is advertised in the brochure so please make sure you go to the right one she was caught up in some of the complications around the Cowgate head uh, which I won't go into but I have but lots of my friends were touched by that stuff and it's not great but so definitely go and see her show and tell people about it because she's got like a, a disadvantage because people aren't going to know where to find her so please spread the word of mouth about that one um, next up we have the coin-operated girl, a sex worker's real-life revelations of frivolous fornications, uh, which is by the comedian Miranda Kane, who is really amazing. She hosted uh, a Spark London night the other night that I produced um, of sex worker stories. I saw this show last year. It's hilarious as well as educational, and it really uh, takes you through sex work and sex workers' rights and uh, the politics about that, around that and the personal experiences around that, but in a hilarious way, a really warm way. And I challenge anyone who... Um, is has kind of negative attitudes towards sex workers or wants to wants to criminalize sex work rather than decriminalize sex work to uh to go and see that show and have your wrong in my opinion opinions challenged uh yeah you you rinsed at my wrong in my opinion many words no i was rinsing at the amount of opinions there were in that sentence yeah well i mean i don't want to tell my audience that i think they're wrong but i do think people who think that are wrong so it's hard yeah but i want them to still like me anyway (laughs) this is this is the gold otherwise it'd just be me reading off a bloody list wouldn't it yeah this is the this is the gold this is the bit that's worth listening for yeah this is why i edit my uh podcasts normally yes so you can see the coin operator girl at 405 
from the 8th to the 16th, 18th to the 23rd and the 25th to the 30th of August. That's also as part of the Free Fringe and that's at the Liquid Room Annex where it was last year. It's a really good room actually um, and I really recommend that show. It was so good last year, so good. I saw it on the last day of Edinburgh and it was really hilarious. Um, and the last one is, yes, here we go. So the last of my sex education recommendations for all of you people who want to have uh, go and find out about sex is, well, this isn't exactly sex, I guess, but it's under the umbrella of sex education. Adventures in Menstruating with Chella Quint. And that is happening at, whoa, that is happening at the Stafford Centre at 7.30 from the 8th to the, from the 8th to the 30th of August, I think, oh, maybe not maybe the 28th of august uh my phone is currently not playing ball yeah from the 8th to the 20 from the 8th to the yeah i think it is from the 8th to the 28th of august that's some riveting audio right there yep, at the stafford at, at the stafford center and that's as part of the free fringe as well and that also needs extra special uh word of mouth because Chella came in at the last minute. In fact, she came in to take over from Radcliffe Royds, who I was producing a show for this year, but who had to pull out through ill health, um, which I, I'm very sad about. So, but Chella t- stepped into the breach. But because of that, she has sort of like she's coming without as much publicity and without as much uh, kind of public like presentation out there. So she really needs your word of mouth. So help her out by telling people about her you can hear her on last year's one of the live getting better acquaintance from last year um and also she interviewed me as part of the 200th season she was one of the guest interviewers who interviewed me um so adventures in menstruation is all about uh menstruation really uh but it's comedy and it's told by cella um, she's and she's you know she knows her stuff about this. She's uh, been doing it for a long long time. Um, in fact, it's it's the ten year anniversary this year, um, and she's talked about it on Radio Four Woman's Hour. And she just deconstructs taboos with wit, ad busting, and brute force. Period comedy through menstruator for menstruators and non menstruators of all genders. And again, I think it crosses over with with my show because it's talking about gender and uh, goes into I believe trans issues from that from that uh, blurb that would suggest and also talks about menstruation to non-menstruators which is kind of what we were talking about earlier on of these these shows that have these two audiences people who have no direct experience who need to learn and people who have direct experience who need solidarity and understanding what Chella has very cleverly done there is put it all in one short snappy sentence yeah and then I went and, and, and <laughs> you said it again critiquing my uh, my my, my beginner well you, you know you can't just but it's good it's a good it's a good sentence I don't read co- I don't read copy very well but I do talk a bit better yeah so it's probably be- it's better for her show pr- pr- promotion for me to gush about it a bit rather than just read the copy in a awkward way definitely I, I was really complimenting the sentence and asking <laughs> you not saying that right. you shouldn't actually have said it thumbs up for Chella thumbs down for me <laughs> Um, so that's that's the shows that I'm recommending. How long is that going to have been? Well, half an hour of me jabbering on about shows. This is for the for the for the 
acolyte for the person who is a completist they'll have listened this far um, but maybe everybody else would have stopped listening but that's okay hopefully they won't have done though because hopefully they'll have listened to all of those recommendations because those shows should really be gone to and like I say there's so many more shows that I would love to recommend and I feel guilty for everyone that I recommend that it makes me remember all the ones I'm not recommending but with this being half an hour already yeah you can't you can't do any more there's only so much people can can uh, can keep in their heads but for what, a start. But, you know, everybody everybody recommends a few things, and if everybody does that, then everybody does get recommendations along the way. So if you're up there and you see something else and you'd like to recommend that, that's always good. Right. So yeah, the thing that we have to plug is recommending. Everybody yes. should recommend as much as possible. Um, and yeah, to, to play us out, I'm going to have a clip from a couple of years ago, a, uh, a Getting Better Acquainted special that I did but the first year I took Stand Up Tragedy up to Edinburgh. Now, that Getting Better Acquainted special suffered from being edited when I just got back from Edinburgh. And so it's far too long and there's stuff I would have done differently. And one of the things that's a shame for me about that episode is that this little nugget of gold uh, is kind of buried in that other stuff and can't really be heard very easily. So I'm going to stick it into this as the end part of the show. It's a, 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 a situation that happened in Edinburgh where my niece interviews me my young niece it's a couple of years ago so she's much older than that now um and she's she's two years older than that right and she's took right right <laughs> much is a, an imprecise word <laughs> jen is a precise person um but so she's recommending a show where she's reviewing a show by beck and tom called awesome laundry now that's a really excellent show it doesn't seem to be going up to edinburgh this year which is a shame but you should definitely check it out whenever you can like they do it very regularly and you should check out that show but they they are themselves their, their children's double act going to be in edinburgh on the 14th and 15th of august at 11 o'clock at the Gilded Balloon Teviot for some special uh, for a special kids show it's 75 minutes so I, they may do bits of Beck and Tom's Awesome Laundry which is amazing I've seen it did you see that? No, I didn't it's see. so good it just made me cry it's like it's like um, it's kind of like if if you like um, what's the what's the film we recently saw? oh uh, Inside Out if you like Inside Out or you like the third Toy Story then it's one to go to like I cried because of loss of youth and all of that stuff whereas my and my niece enjoyed it because she is young uh, and it spoke to her experience again I guess with kids shows with good kids shows it's that dual audience thing we've been talking about before yeah I think was it C.S. Lewis that said there's no uh, 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 he said it much better than this and it might not even have been him but something like um, a children's story isn't a good children's story unless it is also a good story for adults yeah it's a story for people yeah. and the people might happen to be kids yeah. which doesn't mean that you don't have to change your registers and stuff no, no, no. sometimes if things are too focused on adults and not enough kids kids no, or no, no. universal well, he stuff he wasn't saying it should be focused on them he's just saying it should be right. enjoyed by them as well absolutely and that's what Beck and Tom do and so they're doing those shows uh, the kid they're called Kids Do Fourth on the Fringe so check them out in Edinburgh check out Beck and Tom's Awesome Laundry anytime you can and um, also, yeah, I mean, a, pl a plug generally for kids' stuff in Edinburgh. People don't go to see it enough, and there's some really good stuff out there. So another thing that you should see is Comedy Club for Kids, which uh, Turn and Dueb 
uh, does, who has also been on Getting Better Acquainted, and you can listen back to that episode to find out more about Comedy Club for Kids. Beck does that sometimes. Other really great comedians do that sometimes. Stuff that treats kids with respect and like they're an audience of equals. That's what I want to see more of in terms of what, what is made for them, whether it's films, whether it's comedy. I mean, it, that's just good to see because I think kids are one of the groups in society that are, get the, the bummest deal. And uh, there's not enough good art made for kids. It's all too much about manipulating them rather than treating them as like complicated, three-dimensional human beings like the rest of us. <laughs> so go and see that show. Here's a complicated human being like the rest of us interviewing me about Beck and Tom's awesome laundry. And after that, there'll be another advert with all the details of my shows afterwards. So if you're really committed, you'll stay to the bitter <laughs> end. Okay, I'm just checking that it's recording. Yeah, it's recording. So you don't want to press any buttons, but I guess you need to hold it. Okay, so you're interviewing, so you need to say what's going on. Okay, now we just came back from watching a really good show. And my name's... And I'm going to interview Dave Pickering about what he thinks how good the show is. Okay. So, Dave, what, what's the thing that you like about the show? Well, I really enjoyed Beck and Tom's Awesome Laundry. Uh, it was... I think that the thing that I liked the most about that show was some of the jokes were really funny and also there was a really moving part with a drawing and that made me actually cry a little bit. And then actually, at the end, I even cried a little bit more. I don't want to spoil it before tell people what happens, but I found it very moving, as well as really funny, really fun. And I saw lots of people laughing. And even the stuff that I'm not that into, which is like jokes about poo and things like that, I could see that all the children really liked those bits. What, did you think that they liked those bits? Yes, I think they do. OK, I'm going to tell you another question. Um, what do you think is the bit that you want it to improve on? Okay, what would I like it to improve on? Right, that's a very, uh, very challenging question. Good question. Thank you. Um, right, what would I like it to improve on? Well, I actually genuinely don't think there's very much to improve. I think they overran a little bit today, um, which didn't I didn't mind, and I don't think anyone necessarily did. But I think in Edinburgh, it's important to be like. Uh, on the time because the next people are coming on but I know that they understand that and also I thought that um, it's only the second day I think or very early on in the run so it's understandable but there wasn't really a moment of the entire show all the way from beginning to end that I didn't really enjoy. Um, I know Beck Hill a little bit so I um, knew what to expect, I knew I'd like it and I do like her so maybe I'm biased because I, I guess she's a a, certainly a, a person I like. I don't know how you, when when, beco when you become friends with someone, but there you go. Um, but I had never seen Tom do anything, and I thought Tom was very funny too. I really enjoyed that that fact. I really enjoyed how like Beck was like a really enjoying being a child, and so was Tom actually enjoying being a different kind of child. And I think as an adult, I'd like to be a child more often. I'd like to get to act like a child. I get to do that for my day job, I guess, when I'm singing songs with kids. But uh, it was nice to see some adults enjoying being childish. 
Okay, my next question is, um, what do you think is your, who do you think is your favourite, um, from Beck or Tom? That's a really good question, and I think that, um, my answer is that I related to Beck the most, like, I would be, I like, I think I was probably a little bit like the that child, that kind of mischievous child. You're a little bit like that, aren't you? And you're my niece. Yes, exactly. And so I thought that I related to her a lot in that respect. But I also related to Tom quite a bit because he was quite... He liked facts and sensible things, didn't he? And I, I quite like facts and sensible things, as well as being silly. I suspect that both Beck and Tom in real life like both those things. And that's why they're doing a silly and factual comedy show but so uh, to, to answer your question I couldn't choose and between the two of them what I really liked was their friendship and how their friendship um how their friendship worked like how sometimes she was a bit wrong and some like and some like and some and yet they still forgave each other and they 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 uh looked after each other didn't they yes like proper friendship yeah okay what do you think is the funniest part? Oh, that's really hard. Uh, I think my funniest moment was an ad lib line where um, Beck, you know, when Beck read the mind of that boy with the iPhone? <laughs> yeah, that was very funny. And the mind of the boy said that he was in love with Beck. <laughs> yeah. Do you remember that bit? Yeah. Well, at, at that point, he was going, uh, yuck, uh, yuck, and stuff like that, and hiding behind his mum and saying no. And he was very, very, he, wa- he really wanted everybody to understand that not only did he not, wasn't he not in love with Beck, but he didn't, he didn't fall in love with girls. Um, and Beck said, that boy is reminding me too much of my teenage years. And that made me laugh a lot because it, I related to that joke. Uh, I can understand. I, I, I'm, I had an awkward teenage years, I guess, and I, I, I could understand why. I found that funny, but that's a joke that you might not have got so much because you're a child, and so there's, and you haven't been a teenager yet, so you will have had really different jokes that were your favourite. What was your favourite joke? Well, my favourite joke was the why is seven. Why is six afraid of seven? And the answer is because he had a knife. <laughs> usually it's um, seven, eight, nine. Yeah. It's different. It's got a different answer. But with seven hiding a knife, that's really, really hilarious. It was funny, wasn't it? Yeah. I liked that bit as well. Actually, I, it wasn't a joke, but my I really, really, really liked the... St- the paper cut story with the f- with you know where she when she was moving her and the bear around on the paper with the yeah. music. Oh. Just a, I just a, get the sound men into a, adjust the mic. All right, here we come. There you go. It's fixed. Carry on with your interview. Thanks. Well, as I was just telling you about that, it was very, very, very funny. Yeah, it was. And the last thing is that um, this 
this is a really, really good interview, and I'm very, very happy to interview about this. Very good. So you're, you're saying you're a very good interviewer, or this is a very good interview? This is a very good interview. Right, so does that mean I've done well? Yes. Well, thank you very much. I'm, I'm, I'm glad that you've found me a good guest on your, on your segment of my show. Um, thank you. And you, when I asked you to, I asked you if I could, if you could review uh, it for me, didn't you? And you said, uh, no, you didn't want to do that. Yes, because I thought it was, it could be more fascinating if I could interview you. If it could be more fascinating. Yes, and it'd be more different and exciting as a child interviewing an adult. Okay. That's, well, I think that's an interesting decision to make, artistic decision on your part, a creative decision. Uh, very well done. Um, and I, uh, just to let you know, I'll probably beep your name out of the beginning. So you will just be, my name is B, but you'll be known as my niece. Yes. Because that was the rules for your, when your mum agreed to do this. And for real life, I am your niece. And you so are. I am your niece. Yeah, you are my niece, that's right. Yes. And you, I'm allowed to call you that, yes. Yes. Well, thank you very much for interviewing me. And I hope that we have this opportunity to do this again sometime. Yes. Thank you. Stand Up Tragedy is a variety night that I run where people stand up and they do tragedy. We aim to make people cry until they laugh and laugh until they cry, featuring comedians, spoken word artists, storytellers, musicians and more, looking at the harder and darker things in life with some laughs as well as some tears. We try to make a safe space to talk about unsafe things. That is happening at the Banshee Labyrinth Banqueting Room for its run in Edinburgh as part of the PBH Free Fringe from the 8th to the 30th of August at 7.30 every night, apart from on Tuesdays, because on Tuesdays, instead of stand-up tragedy, I'm doing some live recordings of Getting Better Acquainted, so you can hear me talk to some of the guest hosts that I'm having as part of the main stand-up tragedy season on the Tuesdays, same time, same place. As I just implied, stand-up tragedy is not just doing its normal show we're also doing some really exciting collaborations and having guest hosts look on the stand-up tragedy website www.standuptragedy.co.uk for more information about what we have in store stand-up tragedy isn't just a live show it's also a podcast and you can hear loads of tragedy up there now we've got like three years of back catalogues for you to go through if you haven't heard us before Just like Getting Better Acquainted, you can find Stand Up Tragedy anywhere that podcasts go to hang out on the internet. The most obvious place that you might think of is iTunes, but there are many other outlets available to you. Go over there and subscribe, or at least keep an eye on the feed, because during August, we're going to be putting out a hell of a lot of the tragedy that happens on our stage on the internet. So you don't have to go to Edinburgh. Edinburgh can come to you. This is a time where if you love the show, if you want to support what I do, you can really help me out by spreading the word about what I'm doing in Edinburgh this year. They're all free shows, but hopefully people will give money at the end. That's how the free fringe works. In order to shout about it and let me know that you're shouting about it, you might want to follow me personally on Twitter where I'm at Goosefat 
101. Getting Better Acquainted on Twitter is at GBA Podcast. And then Stand Up Tragedy on Twitter is Stand Up for Tragedy. Please, please, please shout about all of these shows. And remember, there are lots of ways to get better acquainted. 